Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is now. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts. Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett, and you can follow me on Twitter at Who Cares. And with me are Josh Conrad and Travis Milton, who you can find at Does Life Even Matter Anymore? Fellas. Trevor Lawrence, we hardly knew him after the Jets win (laughs) over the Rams. The Jets now hold a 25.6% chance of gaining the top spot. Travis, how do we feel about this whole situation? Hung over. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't the biggest bag over the head punch in the face I ever got. God damn it! Son. Sounds sounds appropriate. Yes. Um. Yeah. It is. God, we're in a freaking shit show now. There's no good answer of where to go. I've said before. I thought maybe holding on to Darnold, trading out of picks. I think I've given up on Darnold. To be honest, I still haven't seen anything. It's going to think change your think, mind exactly. And so I, th- I think that's really like the closest, the, the the best option after seeing what Josh Fields looked like this weekend too. It was a tough weekend. Josh, how are your feels going? I'm way in the feels, all of them. Like, <laughs> like winning a game against a top probably 
at least 10 team in the NFL always feels good, except when it doesn't, except when it maybe screws over the next 20 years of the Jets. So I don't know. I am more conflicted internally about every time I see the Jets one or I see the, the, the one in the win column, it's okay, cool. And then I remember exactly what we had to give up it's just thanos it's what did you have to give up it's everything we gave up everything for one win and there was an interesting comment made after the game makai becton talking to sny basically was asked what did he think of fans who wanted wanted the team to lose and he his quote was quote they're not real fans and and i get that and i i respect that from a player's perspective and so i think the players are out there to win, right? If they're trying to lose a game, especially in a contact sport, that's when players get injured, players get hurt. These players, many of these players won't be on this roster next year. So they've got to do everything they can to get film on tape of them playing well so that they can get their next job. The average life expectancy of most NFL players in terms of a career is like under three years, it's ridiculously short. So I get that they're going to try. And watching the game, they're up 10-0 or whatever, and you just felt like the Raiders all over again. Here they go again. It's not going to last. And it just just lasted. And that was the shame of it. And I, I don't respect the Raiders at all. I respect the Rams a little bit more. And so I think that was the thought that was always like the consolation. It was like, ah, it's Sean McVay. He's got a decently talented team on offense and defense. It's going to play out. And then it just did it. And you're just like, what the hell just happened? So Dennis Wazak of the Associated Press had a great tweet uh, that I saw this morning and I'll share it with you guys. He wrote, the Jets know how many fans feel today. They also know this can't happen again. Having players happy, but fans angry about a win says everything about the state of things. Both are right. The task is to make sure that both are never again in this awkward spot. And so I love that tweet. It just so balanced the idea of, listen, the fans are going to go out there and win. This isn't basketball, right? Running up and down court, just letting guys shoot on you or dunk or whatever. You can get out of that game pretty effectively or set up margin situations for players where they're not going to get actively hurt necessarily. So this is a little bit of a a different sport. Then I saw Brandon Tierney's tweet, who I'm hot and cold on at times, but here's his tweet. So I'm curious, Josh, what your reaction to this is. Okay, Jets fans, suck it up. Been kicked in the teeth for decades. Snap out of it. Quit crying. Quit reinforcing the narrative. Want to shut the loser image? Act like a winner. Project winning traits. Crying on social media does nothing except fuel people to laugh. Stop. It's just the even going to Makai's comments and Brandon's here, like his tweet is listen, we're not saying we want to lose forever. We're not Correct. saying let's keep losing because losing's awesome. We're saying the strategic way forward is to lose. Like the guide in the Mandalorian, this is the way. This is the way we do this. And so anyone that doesn't understand that is confusing to me. Makai, I love him. He's a player. And so he has his own perspective, his own outlook on how he wants fans to act. And that's fine. I I totally get that. I think what he'll realize is a year or two from now, if the next year of draft and free agency 
goes the way we hope it will, those fans are obviously going to be now wanting, obviously wanting the team to win and build on what they have. The problem is there's just nothing in the cupboard. And so not having anything in the cupboard and then someone's here's a hundred thousand dollars, but you have to go another week without eating. And then someone sneaks like a, a Twix and eats something. And then you lose out is like the, the, it doesn't make any sense like to to get mad at the people that wanted us to wait out for the hundred thousand dollar check. There's your weird analogy for the week, listeners. I I see what you're saying is there is a sense of delayed gratification, right? If you know anything about economics and economies of any kind, delayed gratification generally pays off. It's generally more lucrative in the long run. And so I think a lot of what's missing in the nuance of something like BT's comments here, Travis, are are this idea of we're not saying never, we're just saying not now. And in delaying that quote unquote gratification of winning, we set up a better situation long term. So I guess I have to ask Travis, did the Jets bungle this by keeping Adam Gase in-house and or allowing them to fire Greg Williams? I don't think any of that comes into play. To be honest, like watching that game, it just looked like the Rams were completely unprepared like they they came in and just looked completely past the jets didn't even spend it, it looked like they didn't even spend any time on film work they just played horribly they looked unprepared and it's pretty bad when a, a, an adam gase team looks more prepared than you and and i don't think that's any way shape or form a testament to gase doing a good job i think it's more the rams just played like shit and my my biggest thing today is i was hoping okay we've got the win out of the way can we just go ahead and can Gase now? I feel like the only reason we were keeping him around was to keep losing. And now that we're winning, damn it, <laughs> get rid of him, please. Yeah, it would be such a clear signal that they are actively tanking if you remove the guy who got them the one thing. But right, I agree. It's in Adam, That's my whole thing with Adam Gase is like he's in a position where his incentives are misaligned with what the teams are at this point. You have a coach running the organization who I pray is not there next year. I just, I get worried about this. Sometimes I lose sleep over this, but he, so if he's not there next year, what is the incentive for him to keep losing and making himself into more of a laughing stock? He, in some ironic way, he's more of a laughing stock having won this game, but right, this is an existential threat to Adam Gase and his getting another job ever again. So he has to do what he can to salvage his pride. His incentives are misaligned with what the Jets' 2022-2025 goals are because he's not going to be here. So, right, what the hell are we doing? The thing that I've been saying over the last couple of weeks when the Jets have been flirting with these wins, like with the Raiders and even prior to that was, listen, Sam Darnold's path to remaining with this team starts with him putting this team on his back and winning some games. The irony of that is that the Jets won a game but Josh, I don't know necessarily if Sam Darnold was the reason that they won. I think Quinn and Williams played an amazing game. I think we saw some fire from Bryce Hall. What were your thoughts about Sam Darnold and his game or who is responsible for this Jets win? I think to Travis's point earlier, the reason the Jets won was really not anything that they did spectacularly. It's that Rams team came in so flat yeah, with really nothing. And it just, 
I was shocked. Similar to the to that Raider game, it felt like, all right, like we're going to jump out to this lead. It's going to be fun on Twitter for a couple minutes, and then normalcy is going to set back in. And then they just lingered, and they just they just continually did just enough to win a game. They changed the game script early. The Rams a week ago, the Cam Akers ran for almost 200 yards in their previous game, and he couldn't get going. Early on, Sam Darnold had just a really great drive to start the game, and it felt like, Everything game script wise was going in their favor. And then suddenly the Rams just couldn't get anything going. And yeah, Darnold played well. He didn't light the world on fire statistically, but you know what you want your quarterback to do in a normal on a normal NFL team is to put your team in the position to win. And that's exactly what he did. No turnovers played player. I'm sorry. He did have the one. one fumble. I don't think he lost uh, it. But, yeah. One um, fumble. It wasn't lost. That's correct. Yeah. Doing just enough to win the game, obviously like a, a ton of carries for Frank Gore, which was still confounding to me, but th- there was enough in Sam that if you are on the keep Sam and build around him kind of bandwagon, like this was a game where you probably come away feeling like there's definitely some element that like you feel good about what you saw, even if it wasn't statistically the best game he's ever had. Yeah. When I was running the Jets blog, if I wanted to get a quick sense of like how the game played out, like the first place that I would always look in the box score is tell me how both teams did on third down conversions and tell me about turnovers, right? And so when you look at those numbers in this game, obviously the Jets had zero turnovers. The Rams had just one, but they did have one, that uh, interception by Bryce Hall. But then also this, is and this is the damning number, which is uh, third down conversion. So the Jets were seven of 17, which is a little under 50%, which is not great, but certainly decent. Meanwhile... <laughs> The Rams were two of 11 and right. And so the way, so the way third down conversions work, obviously just to not to be too pedantic to, to the listeners, but the idea here is that, listen, if you can keep your offense on the field and convert those third downs, your drives are longer. You're moving the ball more. You're, you're probably putting together more scoring opportunities And when you only get 11 third down opportunities, that's pretty rough. And then when you only convert on less than 20% of your actual third down opportunities, that's just brutal. That's so bad. And right. That was the whole thing about the Rams is they just, they were flat. And yes, I do want to credit players with playing well. There were some impressive performances there. And I think obviously Travis, despite your hangover attitude, You were very excited about what you saw from your boy Bryce Hall. Talk a little bit about Bryce Hall and and the game that he had and just why that was such a culminating moment for you. I thought he looked uh, really good in the game. I thought Bless Austin looked like crap. But uh, but Bryce, (laughs) I mean, that that interception was a pretty athletic move. A one-handed, good instincts. I really think that Bryce and the defensive line are benefiting off of each other right now. He's got really good instinctive play. And the fact that the defensive line is coming around and and playing pretty well, even outside of Quentin Williams, Nate Shepard looked great. Mm -hmm. John Franklin Myers, Fadakasi is out. I guess that's, I guess Shepard started in his place. But I think the fact that they're getting pressure on the quarterback now on the defensive line and stopping the run is really helping the the defensive backs at least the ones that have any talent i.e bryce hall um our only Mm. defensive back with any talent but i I thought he looked really good he's really coming along you can see 
uh, a lot of progression week to week in him. And I'm, man, I'm stoked. I've been stoked that on, on that kid since college. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. stoked for, for his future with the Jets. I think he's going to be badass. And yesterday, I think, was a little peek into that for, for a lot of people. Yeah. You think about the way Sam Darnold played, which was fair. You think about what we saw from Mekhi Becton. You think about what we saw from Bryce Hall and Quinn Williams. And right, you remember the fact that Fadakasi's on injured reserve, I believe. You have a lot of players on injured reserve. You have CJ Mosley who opted out. Now, who knows whether he's going to be with the, the Jets next year or not. There, there are some floating pieces out there that will make their way back to the 2021 roster. But yeah, ultimately it comes down to Sam Darnold and he had a 99.8% QB rating, which is right. Game manager worthy. It's like you're doing enough to not put your team in harm's way, which is what we've seen a lot out of him in the last games with multiple interceptions and things like that. But he played within himself and it seemed to work out, but the jets now are facing some serious questions at present. The jets chances of, having the top pick because Jacksonville is now in the driver's seat due to the strength of schedule uh, tiebreaker. The Jets are about 22% or 25%, depending on whether you're using football outsiders or ESPN metrics or, or whoever for that data. But essentially one five, one four chance of reclaiming the top spot. And that would be because the Jaguars effectively lose to the Bears or Colts and the Jets continue to, excuse me. The, <laughs> yeah, I think you got that backwards. I do this all the time now. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so just stuck. Okay, have you guys ever driven in England or Ireland? There's this weird thing that happens where, because you're on the other side of the road and the other side of the car and you're you know shifting gears with the other hand and everything feels flopped. I remember I went to Ireland when I was like, I don't know, 24, 25, something like that with some friends to visit another friend who was living in Dublin and we were driving around and I was the one who was like bold enough to actually rent a car and drive that car. And my friends were all complaining about my driving on the wrong side of the road, like the first day. And I basically told them we were driving around this, the side of this hill and to our right, which would have been across the lane of traffic, there was a big, not a cliff, but a big hill where it would not have been good to go down that hill in a car. There was a mini guardrail, but whatever. And so they were making fun of me. And I was like, you guys shut the hell up or I'll basically turn this car left over the cliff over there. And one of my friends in the back seat says, you mean right, dumbass? And- Oh yeah. I do the same thing here with wins and losses. So, right. So if the Jaguars were to win a game that would then put them below the Jets, but they're facing two also potential playoff teams or potential playoff teams. Whereas the Jets will face one potential playoff team and then the Patriots. So (laughs) we'll see. So anyway, not much chance of that. So let's say they get locked into the, the second spotter, they might fall lower if they win against the the Patriots. But if they if they are in this spot where they stay here, second pick, we talked about this a little bit already. But what do you do, Sam Darnold? Do you go with Justin Fields? Do you move back? What do you do if you wind up with the second pick? 
Josh. Ugh, I listen, just draft Sewell and don't even second guess it. And we can have the best offensive line for the next seven years. Like mm. just do it. Just lock in another ridiculously talented tackle. And then it really doesn't matter who's behind him. We're going to gain yards offensively. I know that was basically the Christmas wish of one Travis Milton. So I will throw it to him to yeah. see if he doubles down on that. But I would just draft the tackle and just build Bill builds the rest of the draft around skill positions. You completely nailed exactly what I was going to say. Sewell is a freaking dream. Yeah, like I, I, I couldn't imagine doing anything other than picking Sewell at number two. Fields looked like crap this weekend. I think his stock is going to drop real bad after that. I agree with, I believe it was Mel Kuyper, who I don't always agree with, but he came out and said, if you can't get Lawrence, I would take Darnold over any of the other props are trash for any of these yeah, other guys. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's the, the smart way to go. And we've only got one draft with Douglas, but seeing how pragmatic he was, I can't imagine that, that he would stray far from that strategy. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt for a second. Just wanted to say, first of all, thank you for listening to There's Always Next Year. And I wanted to remind you that when Travis sometimes has a little too much wine, he might slip and hurt himself. And that's bad. But it's not as bad as when somebody else causes it. Because whenever you're injured due to somebody else's negligence, it can be a life-changing event. And when that happens, you want a strong legal team fighting for you to make sure you receive full compensation for your injuries. You want to be able to call your legal team whenever you want. You don't want your file to be on a shelf with hundreds of others. And you don't want your lawyers to be afraid to go to court. Here's what you do want. The legal team at Faruqi and Faruqi. 
They give every client their personal cell phone number to call 24-7. They limit the number of clients they represent at one time so that they can give you ample personal attention. They've got a long track record of taking on insurance companies, corporations, and the government in court. And most importantly, they have a long track record of winning. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Learn more about them by going to nylegalteam.com. That's nylegalteam.com. All right, Brian, sorry about that. The floor is yours, sir. I'm not just trying to talk myself into things. When I look around the league, I think it's pretty clear that you can make do with some also run or later round quarterbacks if you have the other pieces in place. And so we'll prove it, Brian. Okay, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Now, they're a train wreck this year, and largely for lots of reasons. Dak Prescott was, what, a fourth-round draft pick? And they drafted him because Michael Irvin told Jerry Jones he should do it. Like They didn't even want Dak Prescott, and Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott. And I, I think Dak Prescott is an immensely talented player, but they also have one of the best lines in front of that guy. Historically, they've had a very rich offensive line over the last decade. It's certainly ebbs and flows based on who they have, but I think that offensive line has set up a lot of success that Dallas has had in recent years. And then you look at what Jalen Hurts did yesterday with the Eagles, and then you look at the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill had five touchdowns yesterday. Was he a first-round pick? Yes, but that was, I don't know, a decade ago, and he was a cast-off from his previous organization and was available. So I understand who Trevor Lawrence is and who he is likely to be. And I am definitely disappointed that we're going to be watching his career over the next decade, probably from the outside. But that's not the only path to get to a sustainable, long-term, well-executed franchise. And yeah, I love the idea of Sewell and basically just locking up the offensive line because if you can provide your runners the lanes they need to to make yards on the ground or the time your quarterback needs to survey the field and not get destroyed. I think we saw yesterday the Rams have not done a good job at putting together enough effort in draft picks and stuff into their offensive line and they're certainly suffering from it. Yeah, I think my conclusion is it it comes back to where it always starts, which is, I think, as we all here on this podcast agree, the offensive line. So if you can significantly upgrade that position, like you're going to put yourself in a better position. And yes, do we miss out on a generational talent at quarterback? Yeah, potentially. Lamar Jackson was available at the end of the first round. Patrick Mahomes went with the 10th pick. Being the first overall pick does not... It, it, it here's what the first overall pick being the first overall pick does. It guarantees that the organization has a significant multi-year commitment to you, right? Or even a top five pick, look at Sam Darnold. But what it doesn't do is it does not guarantee success. Josh? Oh, of course. It, there's still just, there, there is some luck involved. And then there's so many unknowns, especially at that position where it feels like two out of every five 
first round quarterbacks make it and make it is, is relative. And I'd be really surprised by Joe Douglas if he went with a Justin Fields at pick two. I'd be really surprised, honestly, if he traded back. I think he looks at this draft, looks at what he has with Sam Darnold, still showing some of these flashes. There are these drives where you go, could he have a Ryan Tannehill like redemption with an Art Smith leading him offensively behind a retooled offensive line, grab a running back at the end of the first round, um, draft one of the other receivers coming out of it around the third, sorry, the top of the second round, man, this could really be fun. And so I starting to see how Joe Douglas seems to be building this team seems to be a little more pragmatic and a little less flashy than maybe fans think that he should be. And I'm, I'm actually not even resigned to, but I feel when you draft offensive linemen up near the top of the drafts, and Travis would know more about this, but those feel more surefire to me than quarterbacks. Like they feel really sure. surefire when you get a six, seven, 350 pound guy like Mackay Becton, that just seems like he's going to fit and he's going to stay there for 10 years. And you're not going to have to think about that position. What better thing to do than just provide Darnold with the outside security of a Sewell and, and Mackay Becton, my goodness, guys, like this could be really fun. And it, I know it's not the sexy pick, but it does feel like the thing you do if you want to build a long-term NFL winner, because quarterbacks are still probably too much of a risk. And you've at least probably seen it at some point from Darnold, like there are flashes. And so why not see if you can reclaim him away from Adam Gase um, with a competent offensive mind. I keep harping on the like, bring in Art Smith for an interview, please. My goodness, that guy mm. has revived that Titans offense around Ryan Tannehill. Why couldn't he do it with Darnold? Don't we think Darnold's probably more talented than Tannehill? That seems like the most optimistic path forward if it's not going to be the number one pick. Man, if we could walk out of the first round with, with Sewell and Trey Hill out of Georgia, I would literally shit my pants in excitement. I, I would not need to see that, but I would be glad that be, <laughs> you would be so excited that, would, that that would happen. Quarterbacks and their hit rates, effectively, we, we have multiple experience in first-round draft picks and quarterbacks to, to varying degrees. But yes, offensive line is generally one of the better places to lock. Let's talk about it as value, right? If you're trying to lock value in over long periods of time, generally offensive linemen are a good place to do that. And so that's why you generally see a lot of them taken in the first round. So yes, versus a skill player where a lot more of what a skill player does is dependent on or interdependent on other positions. The success of a running back is dependent on his offensive line or how good of a quarterback he has, or his quarterback or kind of a run first quarterback, like a Marcus Mariota or a Lamar Jackson type. So there's all these different interdependencies that as you move towards the skill position players, you have to look at other traits, other factors that play into it. It's like a first order and a second order effect kind of situation. Offensive linemen by and large are first order effects. And I personally will say, I think a lot of the, the Jets current woes are based out of the fact that they, they basically have just been throwing first round value into a black hole by drafting defensive linemen on and on for the last decade. And a lot of those players are still very valuable players. They're just not valuable with the Jets. Leonard Williams, Sheldon Richardson, et cetera, et cetera. They're not valuable and they're not to, to the Jets, the team who actually drafted them. They've gone to other places and has not locked in that value like you, like you typically get with offensive linemen. 
We're shaking it off. <laughs> we certainly <laughs> are upset. No. We're certainly upset. I think Trevor Lawrence could have been a real vessel for the hopes and dreams of what Jets fandom could be for the next decade. And unfortunately, we're going to get what we always get as Jets fans over the next decade, which is uncertainty, the promise of future payoff. But hey, guys, name of this podcast is There's Always Next Year. So so, Yay. so <laughs> we're staying on brand, fellas. It's all good. I mean, so it'll be There's I Always ask, Next Year. And, and at the same time, guys, let's not sleep on the fact that the Jags play the Colts in Week 17 – and that could be a Colts team with really nothing to play for. Like there is still an outside chance. Like this isn't like a nail in the coffin, but I'm not totally sure that Jags team doesn't win either against the bears or against the Colts, even by accident or a team that's resting its players tune back in two weeks, because this might be a completely different podcast. (laughs) All right. Before we go, it's the week of Christmas We know many folks celebrate Christmas, many do not, but we wish everybody happy holidays and Merry New Year. But there was one set of people who always celebrated Christmas, Travis, and that's the Golden Girls. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the Golden Girls and their Christmas episodes. I am not so familiar with them, but could you take us through some of the highlights and remind me of, of some of the best Golden Girls episodes at Christmas time? I'll tell you my favorite. It's from season two. I think it's the 11th or 12th episode in the season. It was called uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas. And it centers around all of the girls were planning on, you know, leaving and going somewhere for Christmas. And it doesn't work out because they end up getting held hostage in a grief counseling center. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Um, story. It, it includes uh, such things as Blanche decided to give everyone the gift that she gave everyone was a calendar entitled The Men of Blanche's Dois. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I've got one of my favorite back and forths ever. Blanche um, is uh, talking to Dorothy about the fact that she met her husband on Christmas and she goes in, lo and behold, there was the most beautiful man I've ever seen in my life. And Dorothy goes, of course, George. And she's, and she says another guy's name and she goes on and she ends up talking about like 15 other guys instead of her husband. And Dorothy just stops the conversation by going Blanche. I'm pretty sure I could get herpes just from listening to this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) No, Um, it's really good. That's one of my favorites of all time. What about now? This might've been some fan service back in the day or proactive fan service, but Stan's Bornak saw he, he was in season five I do remember this one. Have yourself a very little Christmas is yes. the name that I had to look Homeless it up. shelter. Yes. Okay. So talk to me about that one. What happens there where B. Arthur's husband, uh, first husband, Stan, is then in the homeless shelter? What? I don't remember the details nearly. Oh, like, maybe maybe Travis will if you don't. But Yeah. Yeah. I, I just remember, they, were they volunteering, Travis, or were they also stuck there? They were volunteering. Okay. So they're volunteering, and then they happen upon Stan, who That's was there. Right. I think he got thrown out by his current wife, and so winds up there. And then, so what's the resolution there? Was there any resolution there? I don't. Rem- I haven't watched that oh. one in forever. I'm, I'm actually like I'm. I can't remember everything about that episode. First All time right. ever. All I right, know. no, that's fine. We stumped him. Us. Very little. Okay, I'm googling here. This is all not Michael Bublé. Come on. <laughs> This is what you've done to us, Adam Gase. You and your bungling team. Yep. 
you've ruined our brains. Okay, I found it on fandom. All right, here we go. So Stan arrives at the door informing them, oh, of a small get-rich-quick business scheme in which he asks for money of each thing. The girls refuse and shove him out. After he leaves, they say it's too hot and crowded in Miami to go shopping, so they're just going to pick a name out of the hat. Lots of hilarity ensues or whatever, but they get in the Christmas spirit and they volunteer, I guess, with the church. They go down to Christmas, gifts are given, whatever, but they basically shockingly find Stan at the homeless shelter where they're volunteering. He explains he was just trying to get some quick money from them and all his business plans are failing. He was kicked out of his house by his wife for infidelity again <laughs> it's amazing that that guy i don't know how he's just very unfaithful right like it's easy unfaithful it's, you look at that dude you're like how? Well, how yeah how he's able to do it that, what's the secret he's very unfortunate know. looking yes <laughs> that's a good way to describe him i think stan, so anyway, was, so then, uh, stan must have been packing some heat boys right it must have been it must have been <laughs> yes Yes. The, so then the pastor, it basically, it becomes a after-school special moment where the pastor talks to the girls about how it's not uncommon and many people are only a couple paychecks away from being out on the street. And then they start talking about lots of other stuff. Very special give, golden girls. Yeah. It, was a very, it ends up turning into a very special golden girls where they have a, a little bit of a lesson about things. Yeah, but, I think that's um, why I don't remember that one. That it was more like a a, a very wholesome episode and those don't typically resonate right. with me. Yeah, very, no, that very, those <laughs> just pass through, right? Yeah. So we hope that everybody has a as a Merry Christmas and a and a good holiday. Any final thoughts before we we go to cheer up our our fan base? Hey, I'm just glad I had the Mandalorian this weekend. Oh, I mean, that, oh, that, man. that's Man, that episode, like that, I'm I'm powering through all of my jet yeah. sadness with rose whiskey and Mandalorian. Yeah, I watched the final. I hadn't watched the final episode until last night, and watched it with the kids. And we were just we no, we're not spoiling anything for folks who haven't seen it, but we we're just gleeful at the how things go. But then, yeah, I had a little sadness in it too but yeah that was definitely saved my night for sure that and i think for josh connor it was probably mandalorian and some italian christmas cookies is that oh, right yeah. Josh? i've been partaking of all of the cellophane wrapped italian almond christmas cookies that i can get my hands on it has been a very delicious weekend shout out uconn basketball back on the national spotlight lost a Woo! brutal game yesterday that they should have won but man that team is oh, back man. and so between mandalorian uconn and some almond italian cookies and some rainbow cookies your boy is going to bounce back very quickly as well everyone all the best we will see you next week after the Jets play their next game, who the hell are they playing next week? I just, I can't even, I can't even function. Oh, it's the Browns. Yes, the it's Browns the Browns game. home. The Jets play at home against the Browns Cleveland Browns, win. which will be an interesting game, right? Because we get the two of the first draft picks taken in the 2018 draft, Baker Mayfield, who was my dream crush in 2018 and Sam Darnold. So they'll get a chance to square off each other and two sad fan bases looking at kind of different sides of the playoffs in their future. Yeah. If you are a proponent of you want the number one pick, then this weekend you are a Colts fan and a Browns fan. You want the Jets to lose, right. the Colts to win, leaving maybe the Colts with nothing to play for in the final week of the season, mm -hmm. maybe dumping a victory to the Jags. That's what you're wanting. So Jags, confused. Colts, Browns fans this weekend, Jets fans. All right. Sounds good. We will talk to you after the whoever they play next game because we don't care because we're just in our own morose states, actually the Browns. 
Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. Can somebody send me some Pedialyte? <laughs> it's good for hangovers. It's true. <laughs> yes. It's really good. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.